0: today is wednesday january 18th 2023 this is quick start from cbn news i'm dan andros jesus appearing in dreams to iranians we'll have that top story and more on today's podcast we're bringing news from a christian perspective subscribe leave a rating share it with a friend all the good stuff let's get through the news of the cray together that's what we're here to do and here with me as always billy hallowell trey goins phillips happy hump day fellas. what's up how you doing
1: I mean, I'm, you know, I say this every day, but I'm caffeinated and contented. Good. As usual.
2: I wonder, Billy, has there been a day when you were not caffeinated I'd be, I'd be concerned. I'd Hell. be concerned if there yeah. was
1: one. There have been some days when I haven't been contented, but I've, I'm usually <laughs> caffeinated. But you're always caffeinated.
0: <laughs> so, so caffeination doesn't necessarily correspond with content. Right. Not always. No. Okay. no, not always. All right. No. All right. That's, that's good. I just wanted to make sure I understood the science of it all. So. A um, couple things coming up on the podcast today. And as I mentioned at the top, Billy, uh, these Iranians, uh, it's happened before CBN's reported on it. It's happening again with these dreams. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's wild. Jesus appearing to people in their dreams. And that's sort of the evangelistic
0: moment for these people. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Indeed. And then also on uh, the main thing, we're going to be talking the World Watch List um, that's coming out today in which we find out which countries are persecuting Christians at the highest rate. Uh, Always an important list. So we'll be talking about that coming up on the podcast. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Satanism is luring increasing numbers of young people, according to a report in The Telegraph. One of the organizations saying this is true in the UK is called the Global Order of Satan. And they claim to have seen a 200% increase in membership over the last five years. And two of the factors they say are responsible for new Satanism's rise, obviously a concerning trend here, the decreasing popularity of traditional dogmatic religions and, quote, a movement towards self-identification and self-realization. China has announced its first population decline in decades as its birth rate continues to plunge communist government said they had 850,000 fewer people at the end of 2022 than the previous year. And the creators of The Chosen announced they will be premiering the last two episodes of season three in theaters. And series fans grabbed tickets so quickly over the weekend that it crashed the ticketing website. The finale will debut in theaters on February 2nd and 3rd at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. before becoming available ...on its free app. Episodes 7 and 8 will be shown at select movie theaters nationwide. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. So guys, I mean, which one do you want to hit there? I mean, Billy, I mean, normally you're on the Satanism beat there. But uh, I found that one very interesting, especially when they tried to cite the reasons why it's growing... Um, traditional dogmatic religions, yada, yada. You know, you hear that before. But this movement towards self-identification and self-realization I found to be uh, a telling comment.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, again, you wonder, is this the theological Satanism where there's an actual worship of Satan? Right. Or, or the trolling the, one. Right, the the atheistic one, right? But, but there's a common thread through all of this that we're seeing, and that is that as people move away from Judeo-Christian values and culture sort of declines, we're watching people pick up witchcraft and all these other things, crystals. I mean, this is something that's showing up in every survey, especially of young people. So it's it's deeply concerning.
2: Yeah, well, I know, too, I would say, like, the elevation of self, right? Well, that seems to be yeah. kind of a thread that runs through all of it. And I think that's the most concerning when you look at Christians who are kind of being lured into this secular way of thinking. That's this new agey thing where you can have your Christian religion Plus some of this extra stuff where I think that's where we as believers need to be really concerned because like, if you look at TikTok, it's inundated with that kind of stuff. And I think kids are more and more kind of attracted to it. And they're feeling like, well, my parents raised me Christian, so I can still have that. And then also I can do the tarot card thing and I can I can manifest these great things in my life. I don't know. I, I keep hearing that word manifest more and more. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all, like in yeah. entertainment and movies and, and podcasts. <laughs> people talking about manifesting things as yeah. if we have the ability, the ability to, yeah. to to chart the course of the future <laughs> obviously our words have power which is scriptural but not that kind of power
0: no and uh, yeah and in, in the advent of social media you see the focus on self is so it's so big i even see it with so many um christians that are popular on social media right they relate everything to me this me that me and this happened to me and this is me and me, 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 and blah blah blah. And like and it just it the vibe you're putting off is that you're just seeing the world through the me lens. Um right. and, and instead of trying to look at it through God's lens. And uh I just think I mean that's our natural tendency as fallen creatures, right? That we're we're gonna we're gonna be selfish when we're not supposed to. We do all the things, as Paul says in Romans, you know, we wrestle our flesh against we do the things we don't wanna do, and that's because of our sin nature, but but I think that self-identification, that self-realization—you know—we all remember the—you uh, know—what is it? Um, the hierarchy of needs, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that we people learn about in psychology. It is—it's a destructive philosophy, and it's, we're warned about it in Scripture, and we're given the antidote in Scripture as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think I think the hardest part about all this is that we've watched culture for years try to strip out faith and now they've found a way to really do it and this idea that oh we're just going to get rid of everything and you get to do whatever you you think and feel well, clearly people are still looking for something. Every survey is showing that young people are the most depressed and desperate they've ever been, and they're trying to fill it with something. So, oh, we don't have Christianity anymore. We don't even hear about it or know about it. So we're going to pick up Satanism or crystals or magic or... Or the gender you know, all. idea.
0: All the Think about the self-identification. Mm-hmm. They're finding their identification in some sort of
2: pronoun. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And, and you can just make it up, and now all of a sudden you're special because you've got a new pronoun. That is why these things, some of them are so dangerous.
2: And I think it's no wonder that like people shouldn't be surprised that anxiety is through the roof right now, right? When mm-hmm. you're putting that much weight on yourself to come up with all the solutions to chart your own course, uh, believing that you're your own God, uh, no wonder people are overcome with anxiety, right? Like everything is about you all of the time, 24 yeah. seven. It's about you, what you want, what you desire, how you can fix it, how you can take control of your situation. That's not how God designed us to be. That's not how he wired us to be. Uh, so, you know, it seems natural that we would then have all of these mental health struggles, right? Because we're not yep. designed to be that in control.
0: No, absolutely not. And um, uh, you're 100% right on that. And you can read about the rest of that story, by the way, over at cbnnews.com, the one on Satanism, uh, as well as the other ones as well, Chosen and uh, China and the population population trends that are going on there. But we're going to head into our focus story now. And as uh, Billy and I talked about quickly at the top there, Iranians, they're once again reportedly encountering Jesus in dreams. So Billy, what's going on?
1: Yeah, you know, we sat down with the head of Transform Iran, the Reverend Lazarus Yegnazar, and he was talking about his ministry. He, he works with underground churches throughout Iran. And um, it, it's really a fascinating story because as he was talking about what goes on there with persecution and all of that, he started to kind of get into the fact that one of the reasons or one of the things that fuels persecution is the fact that people have these incredible encounters with Jesus, right? Their entire life has changed and they can't stop talking about Jesus after they discover who he is. And one of those ways, is these dreams or visions of Jesus. And we've heard these stories over the years many, many times of people in other countries who maybe are in restrictive countries, unlike America, where they will see a man who is in a white robe and and they'll realize it's Jesus. And that will be their first real encounter with the, the real biblical Jesus, right? Um, Islam has Jesus as a prophet, but it, it's not, obviously, he is not who he is to us as believers. Um, and so having that interaction, and it's just incredible, these people come to faith as a result of that.
0: That is really incredible. And, uh, and you know, of course, you see it in the Bible so many times, um, Jesus appearing to someone in a dream. I mean, this is, I mean, this is something we see throughout scripture. But why does this seem foreign though to Westerners?
1: Well, it's interesting because you know, I was asking the the preacher about about that very issue and he talked about how in the Middle East, you know, people are very open to seeing visions, right? And but yet in the West, we want everything and he and he used these words. He said, quote, tangible, verifiable, and accountable. Everything has to be that way for Westerners, right? Or we're not interested in it. We want to feel it. We want it to be material. And he just said again that's a very different dynamic from what you see in the Middle East. He said people who, who have a vision or a dream in Iran, they wake up sweating and shaking. I mean, it has a big impact on them. And so it's different ways of, of looking at the world. But I, I do think it's a little bit of you don't want to over-spiritualize everything, but you also don't want to under-spiritualize it. And the tone and tenor really is that maybe Westerners are under-spiritualizing and sort of dismissing and they're not open to to these sorts of, of revelations,
0: yeah, it's interesting. And what else, what else you find notable about Jesus appearing in in uh, dreams to these people?
1: Well, you know, I think we have to be very careful because you don't want to believe every single story you hear, right? And you don't, and you also don't want to jump in and say, "Well, Jesus definitely appeared to every one of these people." But this has very clearly been a pattern, and we've seen it again in countries that are very restrictive. We've seen it happen very frequently there, and maybe there are other reasons outside of what we just discussed for that, but. But he did sort of break down some really interesting things about Scripture, right? I mean, how many times does God show up or does an angel show up in a dream in Scripture, right? We see this with, you know, G- Joseph. We see it you know, throughout Scripture that dreams and, and messages coming that way are something that that do happen. And so, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It has, it has happened, and God has given us those real-life stories to show us the times he's chosen to communicate in that way.
0: Yeah, and given given our proclivity, and here as Westerners to maybe have a different outlook, what do you think uh, Western Christians can learn from these?
1: Yeah, I think it's a reminder to really explore our faith deeper and to make sure that we are actually living with faith and an openness to what is possible. Not that we're you know willy nilly with that or just kind of going all over the place, but that we we recognize that maybe there are some things that. We restrict because of our approach to faith, because our material sort of, you know, world that we live in in the West. And so I think it's a little bit of a challenge while also at the same time having that healthy skepticism in terms of not believing every single thing you hear, every single story you hear. I mean, so I do think it's a little bit of a challenge to us because, again, these aren't just random stories. These are people whose lives are entirely changed after they have this dream. I mean, that's a pretty compelling thing to look at, right?
0: Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, full disclosure, I'll, I'll overshare here, but I, I feel like I had one of those as well in early on in my Christian walk. Um, and it was just, it was brief, but like, and it was a dream I was sleeping, but I woke and there was, it was, it was just me going up towards the sky and Jesus was in the, in kind of in the heavens and, you know, just embracing. And I was just like heading up, but it ended before, you know, before very long. But the, but the feeling was, it was so much different than any dream. I'd ever had so I I don't know what to call it. I don't know what it, what it is. So anyway, when I hear these sorts of stories like I have something to a frame of reference to think about and um and that was when I was kind of just becoming a Christian. And so that it, uh, the timing wasn't coincidental to me. And um and so I see these people doing it and and it's just I can understand why they would have this sudden shift cuz uh it's you know, it's jarring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think stories like these are such important conversation starters uh, for us as believers, because it kind of reminds me of of maybe some of the de- denominational differences we have here in the West, right? There are some that's like, well, you're leaning way too into emotion. And then yeah. the other side is, well, you're way too intellectual and you're just focusing on the text of scripture and you're not feeling how the Holy Spirit might be using your emotions. And I think the reality is, is that the truth falls somewhere. In between the two right because the lord's he's already spoken to us and he's spoken to us through his word so that's how we know that right. the lord has spoken but we also know that the holy spirit does impact us in different ways he reaches us in ways that are unique to us so i think it's important to like you were saying billy to find uh, the the balance between the two and realizing absolutely, the Lord could choose to speak to us in any way. And as long as what we're hearing isn't contradicting the word of the Lord, then maybe that is the Holy Spirit speaking to us, you know? So I I think these stories are just really profound because we don't hear them a whole lot in the West, but it's important to remember that God does reach us in really profound and unique ways. Yeah.
0: And and look, regardless of what your thoughts are and dreams and visions, if that's what sparks somebody to then turn towards Christ... Now, it shouldn't be right. the whole basis of their belief, right? Um, because of course we have all kinds of dreams about other things as well, um, that, that aren't faith related at all. So, um, but but the fact that then they've now turned and then now they believe, if like you said, if they're basing it in the word of God and God's truth after that, but that was the spurring moment where these dreams jarred them out of it, um, then great. Fantastic, I'll take it. But um, they're fascinating stories, nonetheless. Um, you know, hearing this and hearing these accounts, because you can just see God on the move, and uh, that's something, of course, we we always like to see. So, appreciate you bringing that story, Billy. And we are going to take a look now at the main thing and open doors. World Watchlist, as we talked about, such an important tool, especially in learning how best to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the globe who are often facing deadly persecution. Well, Trey sat down with the creator of the Watch List to discuss how the list came to be and how he's seen the Lord work among persecuted believers. That's today's main
2: thing. We recently sat down with the creator of the World Watch List, a critical tool designed by Open Doors International and used by so many people around the world and particularly in the West so we can know specifically how to pray and advocate for our brothers and sisters in Christ many of whom are facing daily and often deadly persecution. Weebo Nikolai shared a bit of his story with us, how the World Watch List came to be in the first place, and how the Lord has grown his faith over his many years making it. I'm imagining the difficulty of compiling this kind of information when you're dealing with obviously countries that are whose administrations are hostile toward christians Uh, you're dealing with closed countries so there's a lot of complexity there how did you go about gathering this kind of information and being certain that the information that you were sharing uh, was actually you know true to what the situation on the ground was that has to be a tough undertaking
3: actually yes it was but what really helped me was my background my past i had be joining Open Doors in 85, working mainly into the former Soviet Union. So, just imagine the situation in the 80s in that part of the world. Uh, the Iron Curtain was there. Why? So, why we, we, we call it an Iron Curtain? Because people living at the other side of the fence, they couldn't move out. Travel into countries behind the Iron Curtain was extremely restricted. As a Western, you may would have access to maybe 2% of the territory of the, the former Soviet Union. This is before the uh, internet age, it is before social media. Uh, all telephone lines are being bucked. Uh, for security reasons, me as a full-time uh, employee of Open Doors, I was only allowed to visit the Soviet Union twice every three years. So just imagine, and then obviously you had the KGB, the Notorious secret Service the Intelligence uh, Agency of the, of the Soviet Union, which we had somehow to outsmart. So to operate... Uh, in this particular country to work on Bible distribution projects to get that data, data out of the country about Christian prisoners, about how how, how people were doing was extremely complicated, uh, but frankly it was a fantastic training ground when in the 90s we became much more global and started to do research on the global level. The, the methods I had been trained in the 80s working in, in the former Soviet Union, I could apply in data gathering on a global level and with all respect uh, even though a lot of countries are, are, are very unstable nowadays, the intelligence services are not that well organized as the KGB once was. Uh, so there are, And in the end of the day, we rely upon the Lord. There's always a way when we trust upon Him and we're trying to do a, a good job in His kingdom.
2: Could you tell us maybe a little bit about what practically that looks like for you to rely on the Holy Spirit as you do this kind of work, which as you just outlined is, is dangerous work?
3: Oh, many, many, many examples, but just to pick one, I remember I was heavily involved in a uh, a Bible operation into an extremely closed country uh, in the Middle East. And I had been receiving information about a brother based in this country that he could organize Bibles from a neighboring country into his country. And because of the need of Bibles in this, this 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 country, it was was a special opportunity. So I flew in from 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 my own country, in the Netherlands, into this 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 third country in, in the Middle East to meet with him. And uh, first first you're trying to figure out is the guy for real? Can I trust him? Is he a genuine believer? And he was a beautiful brother in Christ. And then the next step is you talk about operations. Okay, how, how, what can you do? Where to bring the Bibles? Where to store the Bibles? How to distribute the Bibles? And within seconds. I find out that he is just having an idea, but he's having no real opportunities, and I'm so disappointed. I've made all this trip to, to meet with him. I'm very, very busy. It's costing uh, money. I've paid for his trip. It's, it's a risk for him to meet with him and then go back to his home country because he's a Muslim convert. He will be in danger there. I was so disappointed. Uh, well, what what can you do? He's still a brother in Christ. He's living in a tough country, so I decided to, to 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 remain polite and just spend time with him and try to encourage him. But I was at the same time very very frustrated. A couple of hours later, we were drinking tea. He's looking at me. He says, "You know what? It's one thing to bring Bibles from outside of my country into my country, but one of my best friends happens to be a printer. I could ask him if he could print Bibles in, in in my country." I said, "I." are you serious? That's that's a life-threatening thing. He said, oh, no, he's a, he's a good friend. I can talk to him. That's what he did. And two weeks later, we could start a Bible printing operation in one of the most closest Islamic countries in the world. And it, and it went on for, for several years. It was a tremendous blessing. So to wow. me, the Lord was clearly there. I mean, I had come to visit him for a certain purpose. The purpose fell through, but God replaced it by a much, much better option. Uh, and it worked out fantastically.
2: How have you been encouraged also as a believer? You said, of course, that the Lord is continuing to grow his kingdom. Maybe give us an example or two of how you're seeing that happen.
3: Yeah, I will I will restrict myself to a few examples. Let let, let let's start a little bit back in history. Vietnam, seventy-five, Saigon felt. Uh your your forces were forced to, to leave the country and the country became communist, and a dark era started for the body of Christ. In Vietnam, when when you would look at it from a freedom of religion perspective. At that time, there were about 50,000 Vietnamese Protestant believers. Today, there are well over 600,000. Let me move to a a Muslim country, to to Iran. When Ayatollah Khomeini took over power uh, in this country, the estimate of the number of of, of converts from Islam in Iran, 79, was about 10,000. Today, according to secular research, it's at least 1 million It's a tremendous growth in the midst of a lot of persecution. God is building his church, basically, in many, many countries, in many, many areas where Christianity hardly was was present in the past. You can think of Nepal, you can think of of Bhutan. When I was young, you still had white spots on the map. You had countries where there was no national church. You didn't have one in, in Oman, not in Qatar, not in Mauritania, not in Bhutan. All these countries, actually, as a matter of fact, every single country on earth is having a national church now. And this is giving me great courage and, uh, and joy.
2: There's so much more to our discussion with Weibo. If you want to check out the full conversation, head on over to the CBN News YouTube channel. All
0: right, Trey, thanks so much for that conversation. Really appreciate it. And that leaves us with time for one last thing.
1: Proverbs
0: 5.23, for lack of
1: discipline, they will die led astray by their own great folly. It's talking about wicked men with evil deeds there, but but it's so interesting because we lack so much discipline and self-control in our culture, and we encourage people not to have either of those things.
0: Yeah, I feel like people now are just very afraid to correct or rebuke or... Um, have any kind of discipline whatsoever in lots of different contexts, whether it's parenting or colleagues or whatever the case might be. Um, We're definitely a culture that is averse to uh, good discipline.
2: Yeah. You know, I think it's so easy to to be distracted. We're, as human beings, we can go any, any which direction at any time. Uh, so to have something that will bring us back to focus uh, and have that vision, and the vision, of course, is scripture and what the Lord says and the Lord's plans for humanity. If we keep that as our focus, we'll do a lot better really in every every aspect of life, right? It's like a domino effect. Yeah. If you've got it right here, everything else will follow.
0: Amen. Amen. Good spot to leave it there for the podcast on this Wednesday. As always, make sure to head over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com. More news from a Christian perspective. You can email us if you want, podcast at cbn.org. We'll check those out as well. And Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we will be back here tomorrow with more. We'll see you then on Friday, Junior. God bless.